0: to Hebrews chapter 10, please. Praise God. Priscilla, you look more lovelier every time we see you, darling. Praise God. Blessing to you. Kids getting big. Amen. Since I was, since I've seen you guys, I've now got six grandchildren, so. Okay, amen. I did get my boys. For some of y'all who might remember, I only had three girls, now I got three boys. I got it all evened up now, praise God. (laughs) Praise God, hallelujah. And so as I was kind of seeking the Lord about what he would have me to share, and this is what came to my spirit, praise God, activating the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Activating the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 10, we read here in verse 29, of whom much sore punishment suppose ye, Shall he be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God, have counted the blood of the covenant wherever he was sanctified in an unholy thing, and have done despite unto the Spirit of grace? that word, despise, means insult. And this verse, I read all of that, but really just to get to one issue issue here. The Holy Spirit has a number of names in Scripture. Here's one of them. He's called the Spirit of Kairos. The Greek word, the New Testament is translated from the Greek, the word grace. He is the spirit of grace. That's one of his names. There's another name he's called beside the, the Holy Spirit. He's called the riches in glory. And there are some other names in which he is, he is also called, you know, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he is within us. Amen. First John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And so how many of you are born again? Spirit-filled, glory to God. Well, he's on the inside of you, but his ministry can remain fairly dormant and not activated in your life because there there are things that you need to do. God doesn't just do things without you. There's something people don't understand. See, there's God's side of things, and then there's your side of things. Hebrews 11:6. 6, without faith, one of the things that activates the Holy Spirit's ministry is faith, right? Hebrews 11:6. 6, without faith, it's not possible to please God. He that comes to God must, don't have any choice about it, must believe that he is, number one. Number two, and that he rewards those who seek him diligently. And of course, there are five elements of faith. Amen. The Greek word for faith, of course, is pistis. This was the name of our Bible school and some of our and overseas, our churches' names. Uh, amen over there. Pistis has five elements. First of all, faith comes, Romans ten seventeen comes by hearing the word, right? Secondly, faith comes by receiving the word. James chapter 1, verse 21, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Then faith, then, praise God, another element of faith is believing. So much in the Bible about believing. All things are possible, him that believeth. he got saved. Praise God that you heard the word, believed in your heart, all of that. Amen. Then faith is manifested through speaking. Like Jesus said, you speak to the mountain. Tell it to move, it will. And then James, praise God, finally, goes back in chapter 2, and he talks about faith without works is dead. So, faith is act, acting on. So, when anytime you see the word faith, think hear, receive, believe, speak, and act. All those things are encompassed when you talk about faith. Obviously, what one of the things that manifests the ministry of the Holy Spirit is those things. When you hear his word, when you receive his word, when you decide to believe his word, you, you decide to speak what he says and didn't do what he says. Amen. Obviously, God is going to be pleased. But I just want to talk to you today about one aspect of it that releases his ministry in your life in the earth. In the earth, I don't care where you are, I pastor and have pastor, and do pastor or am the bishop of people who are, are Greek, African, American, white, black, red, English, yellow, brown. I don't care what their color is or what their culture is. They all have the same needs. They all want to be healthy, amen. They want to be financially secure, They want their families to be fine. Amen. Amen. They want to live long. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they want peace in their life rather than drama. And I don't care what culture you're talking about or where you are, that's what they they want. Amen. Amen. And they may say it in different ways, but when you boil it all down, it all comes, it's all the same way. So let's take a look at one of those aspects today in Jesus' name. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1 quickly. Amen. Can I get three hallelujahs today? Hallelujah! 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 One for the Father and Son and Holy Ghost. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul in his wonderful prayer for the church at Ephesus, and Paul, of course, prays a number of things. He says in verse 18, that the eyes of your uh, understanding or eyes of your mind may be brightened up or enlightened, that you may know or understand what is the expectation or hope of His invitation to you or calling, and what is the riches of the glory. The Greek word for riches is Plutos. Plutos means wealth, the wealth of glory, doxa, honor, praise, worthy, all of that. What is the wealth of His glory? of his inheritance in the saints. And so, praise God. God's wealth that brings honor and glory to, to him is inside you. He is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. We know in verse 20 here, he said that power was wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Well, nothing more powerful than that. I mean, I mean God... Raise Jesus from the dead against all the forces of the devil. The Satan couldn't do nothing about it because of that inheritance that's in you. So the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you now. So you can never talk about losing. How can you? Come on somebody. Now turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Praise God. Amen. You remember now, I don't like choir churches, right? Yeah. Y'all remember that, right? Yeah. Right? If somebody say amen to me. It can go, yeah. Glory to God, praise the Lord, something. Somebody, shut up, bishop, or something. Say something. Yeah. Get out of here, go home, say, but say something. All right, man. Right. All right. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, notice what he says in verse 1. I say, hi, hi, oh, yeah. That boy don't got big. Good God. I'm like, how are you now? Shoot. Y'all are getting older, man. <laughs> 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 2 right. so, Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Morbam, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So, amen. So there is the grace of God and is on the churches. Okay, amen. Now, of course, the grace of God, grace of God is also the anointing. Paul talked about, uh, amen, how of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, bunch of other verses. Well, he talks about what, what uh, gave me power to be an apostle to the Gentile was the grace, Amen. right? Which is the anointing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit gave Paul the ability to minister to the Gentiles. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting the way God did stuff because, you know, the Gentiles were uneducated, they were uncouth, they were all of that. Paul was highly educated. He was, he was educated at the feet of one of the greatest teachers in, in, in Jewish history, Gamaliel. He was trained to be a chief priest. That's what they're training the boy for. One day he might be the, it, right? Okay. <laughs> then, then you see Peter. Peter is uncouth, can't keep his mouth shut, gets in trouble all the time. Yeah, I mean, just says stuff and it's like, what did he say? <laughs> all right. The Jews, of Jews are into all this education stuff. And who does God call to be the apostle to the Jews? Peter. Who does he call to be apostle to the Gentiles? The educated Paul. You would not have it with your mind done it that way. You would have took Paul and put him to deal with the Jews and Peter to put with the Gentiles. No. But God won't get any glory that way. That's right. amen. amen. And both those guys had to have on them what? The grace of God. In fact, before I read this, uh, amen, turn to chapter 12. To, I'm just going by the spirit here. In short, uh, Paul got beat up a lot doing his work, right? In chapter 11, he talking about how he got beat and shipwrecked and stoned and left for dead and all sorts of stuff in chapter 11. And then he said, finally, he said, and I recognize where all this problem's coming from. There's a demon spirit. He's a thorn in my flesh who's raising up all this persecution against me. And then he goes to God three times and said, God, would you get this thing off of me? Well, he says the first, he asked God the first time, God didn't answer him. I don't know if you ever been there. <laughs> he asked God the second time, God didn't answer him. Then finally, he asked God the third time, and God says to him, he says, And my grace is sufficient for you. And that word word sufficient means it's the idea of having a large raised fence between you and something else. My grace is sufficient for you for my strength. He calls the grace of God, the strength of God, is made perfect or complete in your weakness. So the grace of God was the strength of God. And Paul got it. He said, oh, oh. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I'm weak in myself, then I'm strong, what, in the grace of God. So the grace of God is not only anointing; it's also the manifestation of power. It is defense between you and the attack of the enemy. Now, when we go back then to, I'm not teaching on grace per se, but let's go back to chapter 8, verse 1. So, when he says, moreover, brethren, we to you, the widow, the grace of God that has been granted in the church of Macedonia, how that in a great trial or test of affliction, telepsis, see, that's that word tribulation and trouble. Amen. The abundance of their joy. So, in the midst of their trouble, they had joy in the midst of trial. James chapter 1. Mm. Glory to God. When's the last time you laughed in the middle of hard times? See? So he said, now the grace of God, the anointing is on them. And one of the things that it's producing in them is joy in the middle of some rough stuff. That is, once you activate it. Okay, amen? So they had joy and their deep poverty. They didn't have poverty, they had deep poverty. I mean, there's poor and then there's poor. <laughs> I mean, he folk are super poor, right? So they have deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality or generosity is the word liberality. And so they had deep poverty. They got all kinds of tests and trials and they're running around with joy. And what are they doing? Giving. Now, that's, that's a kind of, again, kind of, huh? <laughs> okay. How does this work? Well, it keep, keeps on going. For the, their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Notice that it was beyond their power. See? It wasn't just their power that helped them. Be able to have joy in the middle of test and trial and broke. I mean, they so broke they can't pay attention, somebody said, right? (laughs) They don't have a dime. Everything's rough and tough. But there was a power that was helping them have joy, which which is a byproduct of faith. See, when you believe, praise God. When you really believe what the Bible says, and the Bible says, praise God, that you got victory in the midst of testing trials. First John 5:4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Many other verses of scripture, which tells us the same thing. Amen. But it just don't just happen in the flesh. It happens because there is a decision you make instead of just looking on the outside. There's a decision you make about the, let me look to the inside. Hallelujah, and let me tap into an inner strength, because outwardly, man, I'm messed up. I mean, you ever you ever been messed up? I've been messed up before. I mean, you just messed up, right? But there's an inward strength in here once tapped into. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Spirit of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's keep on reading here. Saul. So, I bear reckoning, yea, beyond their power, they were willing on themselves, praying us with much entreaty. In other words, they were requesting strongly that we receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints or partnership. And so it says here that they would then begging Paul, take our offerings. Now, why would they have to beg Paul I'll kind of illustrate it this way. Well, uh, When uh, Word of Faith, the parent church of this church, when Word of Faith was getting its very first building, we were in a storefront 40 years ago. Amen. We started with 10 people. We were in a little storefront. And uh, we, to make a long story short, we identified our very first building. We had a s- supernatural miracle that happened. I don't have time to go on that either. But we had a supernatural miracle that, that happened. We wound up getting getting the building. but And, and when we got it, though, it took everything we had. So, so the church account was zero, 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 zero. I mean, literally. <laughs> okay. But we had brand new structure, I mean, a new structure, you know, and all this. Praise God, very first one. And so I said to the business guys we have in the church, you know, I said, the, the church account is zero, zero. Okay. So let's recapitalize the church and thank God for the miracle. and Everybody's shouting about all of that. Uh, amen. And I'm thinking about the business guys helping us getting this, Back up on our feet a little bit. Well, we had a, a senior sister in the church. At the time, she was about 72 years old. Her name was Sister Harriet. And Sister Harriet, she comes up to me. She's about four foot eleven, maybe 95 pounds. Okay. <laughs> she, come, she come up to me, and she says, I was pastor then. Pastor, I want to participate in this here. And she gives, gives me $500 for this deal. Now I know Sister Herod. Okay, Sister Herod has no family. Sister Herod's on fixed income. Sister Herod has no money. We're talking about 1981. You know what how much 500 dollars was in 1981? Right? She comes and she and I told her, I said, I said, I can't take this from you. I said, I am not taking this from you. I said, let this, let these business guys. Do what it's supposed to do, and I'm not taking $500 from some senior citizen woman on a fixed income who has no family. I am not doing it. She put her hand on her on her hip, and she went. That's not what you preach. What you supposed to say to that? And so I extremely reluctantly, and I mean it was I was I really did not want to receive that from her. I really didn't. Now sure enough though, several weeks later, she comes up to me. She says, Pastor, Pastor, come on outside. I want to show you something. I go with her outside. We go outside. Somebody gave her, gave her a brand new car. Yeah. Now she can't hardly see over the wheel. <laughs> Everybody gets her this brand new car, man. And I'm like, whoa, man, praise God. Several months later, she makes an appointment to come see me. Now, that building, the, my office was right at the parking lot, so I could see when you pulled up, right? So she pulls up in this car, and she gets out on the driver's side, and this dude gets out on the other side. And they walk around the front and then they hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Both of them come. They, they, they come into my office. They sit down in, in the chair. I was 24-year-old pastor at the time. Okay, and, and uh, this guy, he's older than she is. Right? He's 77. And so I said, oh, well, how can I help y'all? She said, we want you to give us some pre-marriage counseling. I was 24 years old. I said, you're the age of my grandparents. What i am going to tell you all about marriage? <laughs> I'm going to tell you about it. She said, now don't you start that with me, she said. Don't you start that with me. You teach us everything you know in the word of God about marriage, and you teach us how to have good sex, too. Yes, she did. She went there, man. <laughs> yes, she did. Now, what I didn't know was, I didn't know that the younger women in the church was, was after this guy, because this guy was Mr. Money Bucks. This guy was loaded. He had lots of money, lots of, lots of money. And them ladies in the church knew it, and they were trying to land this guy here, but he only had eyes for little sustain. <laughs> now, I am not telling you. I told this story recently in, in uh, where were we? Uh, we were um, in Brazil, yeah. I told this, I was teaching to, ministering to 1,000 pastors in Brazil about a month ago, she was with me. Okay, and I told this story. And I I reminded him, I said, no, I am not telling you that if you give money to the church, you're going to get a rich husband. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. But the point that I'm making was here, praise God. The Lord taught me that lesson that day. Amen. That I was robbing from her, although my heart intent was right right about the matter. Praise God. Her seed opened up great blessings for her life. Amen. I had the privilege, praise God, of eventually bearing her as she went home to be with the Lord. But she was a blessed woman. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So now let's go on over to chapter 9. So he said that the grace of God was bestowed upon the church. And we see there's, a, there's already a connection with the grace of God, joy, and liberality. Now, here in chapter 9, just a very familiar verse. People go to church, they know this one. It says in verse 6 But this I say, he was so uh, sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He was so bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man as he decides or chooses in his heart so let him give, not grudgingly, the opposite of joy not grudgingly, or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful, hilarious, we know, prompted to giver. And God is able to make, say this next word for me. All. Tell me again. All. What does all mean? Everything. Everything. How much is left after all? Nothing. Nothing. So he said God is able to make all grace, which means what? All facets of the Holy Spirit get activated here. Why? Why would that be the case? Because you're acting exactly like God. For God so loved that he... Connection. See? So it's just like... Now, I've been married to... Me and Pastor Debra have been married for 44 years. Okay? Amen. Isn't she lovely? Amen. <laughs> so we've been married for 44 years. Now, I can tell her all I want. Well, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. I love you, baby. I never give her a dime. I don't love her. I thought the ladies would say amen to that. Yeah. What kind of women do I have in here? Amen. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> hey, if, I, if I said nothing, look. Yeah, I love you. But I love you so much. No, No, I'm not even... No, I ain't giving you no money, to do nothing, to get out of here. I don't like that woman. But I ain't willing to go work and do what's necessary to, to bless her life. I don't love her. Because okay, love requires action, it's one of the five things. Amen. Number five. Okay. There's an action that comes with it. Okay, hallelujah. Now, wives, don't run out of here and tell your, tell your husband. The bishop said, if you love me, you're going to give me everything you got. Do you understand? <laughs> Right now, I give it up. Now, now don't do that. Okay. <laughs> okay, but, but yeah, praise the Lord. I mean, see, love always requires an action. But anytime you act like God, you get God's manifestation in whatever area it is. Any area you act like God, in how they acted like God was what? They made a decision to listen to the Holy Spirit. How are they going to get out of the deep poverty? It's like, Praise God, Sister Harriet. Listen to the Holy Spirit. See, she did it because she felt directed of the Holy Spirit to do it. Okay, amen? So allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, direct, even in your financial affairs, puts you in position for manifestation of the grace of God, all grace. Now, when you talk about all Manifestations of the spirit of grace man amen because all means that doesn't just operate in your financial areas it will operate in your family area it'll operate praise god every single facet of your life because you act like god anytime you act like god praise god you release him to do what he does shout amen somebody hallelujah praise god so he said, all grace, now I like this next word, abound towards you. Yes. Amen. You. In Deuteronomy 28, it was said in a little different way. Praise God. It said, these blessings will surprise you, overtake you, it says. In other words, it will run you down and run you over. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever been run down by a blessing. I have. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> and then you get up and you say, hit me again. I mean, <laughs> worry, to God. Well, all grace abound toward you so that, keep reading. Uh, maybe they got it on the screen. No, they don't. All right. Well, all grace are bound toward you so that you all the time have all sufficiency in all things. See these all, all, all. See, all grace fixes all, all, all other areas. I don't know if you're getting this or not. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All sufficiency in all things. Now, when uh, my wife and I, she's both of us are 1979 graduates or 78 graduates of Raymond, Bible Training in 1978. I was working, working at the time for IBM. And the, the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to quit your job. And I want you to go to Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <sighs> We had uh, Andre was about not even 12 months old, right, somewhere right in there, right, right around 12 months old, about a year old. Uh, we didn't know it, but Michelle was going to be here real quick. <laughs> we didn't know that either. We didn't know Michelle was in the bed starting to percolate. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Glory God. And the Lord said, I want you to quit your job. And I want you to go down and that and tell let me. T-. And the the real problem was that. We were head over heels in debt. You know what I mean by head over heels? We had massive debt. And it happened because of the fact that between my changing jobs from uh, one company, before I got to IBM, we had a six-day window where we didn't have health insurance. Six days. That six-day window, she wound up in the hospital. Do you know how, how much you can rack up in a few days? in a hospital, right? So here we have, now all of a sudden, bang, we got thousands of dollars of debt. That's when God says quit the job. All right, so I heard, received, believed, spoke, and acted. We moved down there, praise God. When we got down there, we could, uh we came. I had a little trailer, little U-Haul thing. He stepped to my car, drove it down and down 44, got there in Tulsa this in time for Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Seniors' camp meeting. And so we we got a little trailer, we little trailer thing we living in. And I had all the money that we own in the world in my right front pocket. We had this meeting. Anybody remember Normal Hayes? Most of y'all don't know who he was. But Norwell was not normal. He was a <laughs> really different dude, right? And that Hagen had normal up there. He, he was receiving the offer. And so they had what they call a heap offering. And people were running down the aisle, and they was, they were tossing up money on stage. I had never seen nothing like that in my life. I had never seen anything like that. Okay, and so, so I got, a, got out $100. I had $246. Forty-seven. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Two hundred forty-seven dollars to our name. That's all we had. Okay, but I just felt let go up there, so I took hundred dollars up there and put it up there. And so I came back around. About time I turned into the seat next to her. She she says, "The Lord's telling you to give another hundred dollars." I said, "Are you sure?" She said, "Yes, I'm sure. I can't say that was with joy, everybody <laughs> It's when I fell out that go, I back up that. Now let me tell you what I was expecting. I was expecting all the miracle stories I've heard of people you know, and the stuff that happened. I was expecting, man, before the meeting closed, somebody's going to walk up to me, and the Lord told me <laughs> to give you a thousand dollars. <laughs> the meeting closed, nobody came up to me. <laughs> so I'm looking for a job, man. I can't seem to find a job, okay? So I'm looking for cause school's gonna start in September, but I got, you know, little boy, I got her, and then we find out I got Michelle, <laughs> okay? I got some Things I got to take care of. So I'm trying to find some place. Can't seem to find no place to work. I'm every day. I'm not sitting there waiting on manna to fall from heaven. Hello. Amen. Okay, amen. amen. Praise God. So I'm out there. I'm looking, 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 looking. You know that little trailer that we had? It flooded out. Then we lost every, nearly everything else we had. Okay, now, wait a minute. I thought that when I did this, this is what was supposed to happen. This the opposite happened. Right? So we're going back what it looks like rather than forward. But the word said what it said, and so I, I continued on. So I came in finally one day, and they had the mailboxes on them, and, and one of them kind of post out in the front. You know, you come in, post mailbox. So, so I come in there, and oh, there was a letter that was in there. I took the letter out, and it was from a guy who I just met just before I left to come down there to Oklahoma. Uh, I was at the of Copeland meeting. I was there two hours early because I was intending to get the front seat, and this guy was there before me. So I didn't get the first seat. I got the second seat because of him. <laughs> so. So he and I are talking, you know, we're supposed to service about all that. He said, well, so what, so what are you doing? I told him how, what the Lord told me to do, go down to Oklahoma, go to Bible school. And he said, well, when you get there, drop me a line and tell me what it was like. Amen. So I wrote, had, wrote him a letter and told him what the campus looked like and, you know, all of that, such and such. And, you know, that was it. I saw that was from him. I go, he's answering my letter. And so I go into the little trailer of what's left of it. Go into a little trailer, cut open the thing, and there's a tech in there. That check started heading to the floor, you know, I'm going to drop it, you know. It didn't make it. <laughs> uh-uh, baby, you ain't even going to get dirty, you understand? <laughs> that tech was what $600. Now, that may not sound like nothing to you. But back in those days, that was, oh, my gosh. Man, it was $600. Man, and we not the devil. Look at the whoa. <laughs> we and all that. Got a job immediately right after that. Now, the upside of the story is, because Raymond, back in those days, was only nine months. So now, today, they got three, four years. Though. But back in those days, it was a new school. Okay, and it was only nine months. When we graduated, all those bills we had were all paid off supernaturally. We still to this day don't know how that happened, and we don't care. (laughs) We graduated debt-free, and I'm still debt-free, praise God, don't owe a dime to any man. The grace of God got on now, that's what Paul was telling, telling the church here in Corinthians. Let's keep reading. When all grace abounds toward you, you all the time have all sufficiency in all things. And then he, then he references in verse 9 the blessed man of Psalm 112. As it's written, he has dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, and his righteousness remains forever. Now he that minister for supplies see to the sower, That's God. Both minister bread for your food and multiplies the seed you plant and increase the fruit or the offspring of your righteousness. Being made rich in rich means made rich in everything. There's that word. All everything. Amen. In other words, Activating—I'm only talking about one area of, of the Holy Spirit's grace, but activating Him in this this area works in everything. Why? Because this area touches everything. Touches everything. Everybody needs money. Thank you for the one amen in the front. You you you're the only one. Bless the Lord. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm gonna say it again. Everybody needs money. Yeah. Everybody does. It touches everybody's life. So then, why wouldn't the grace of God get into every part of your life? See that? Mm -hmm. So being made rich in everything, keep reading. Amen. Read the rest of that verse with me out loud. Please read it. In everything, come on. To all bountifulness, which does what? pauses through us what thanksgiving to, God. thanksgiving to God you cause other people to wind up giving God praise and glory hallelujah you gave and you're giving back is a circle everything in life is a circle amen and that's why Satan has done everything he can to keep believers this way instead of that way keep them closed rather than open because he understands If the activation of the Holy Spirit happens in their life, look out. I can't do nothing with them. Now, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Thank you for all that shouting you all doing. I mean, praise God. Calm down. I mean, wow. Oh, my gosh. Such an excited church. That's all right. Praise God. Philippians chapter 4. Now, the Apostle Paul says in verse 15, now you Philippians know also in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving except you. I read that one day because I have the same office as the Apostle Paul does, although I'm not nearly as proficient as the Apostle Paul, but I got the same office. I'm an apostolic ministry. Right. So Paul said, No church entered into partnership with me except you and o- you only. Do you know how many churches that Paul planted? Wow. And he said, You're the only one participating with me? Wow. Amen. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, thank God y'all do with us. But when I'm, and I'm not talking about that at all. Amen. But I looked at it and I thought, How ungrateful. How ungrateful to God and to Paul. Right. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. He said, no church entered into partnership with me except you only. Even if that's the like you I have a youth church, you gave once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire something for me. I desire fruit. That word fruit is the word results. I, I desire results that may abound, increase to your account. The word account is the Greek word "logos," It's it's the Greek word for word. It's not like bank account. Okay. He said that this may may be for your words. In other words, what you've been saying, you have now put some action to your words. And the action that you put to your words was helping me to take the gospel to other places. Hallelujah. Keep going. Amen. Praise God. But I have all on abound. I am full. I receive every Epaphroditus, the things that were sent from you. They are an odor of a sweet smell. They are a sacrifice that is acceptable, praise God, well-pleasing to God. But the Greek word actually here is not now. You know, the English is translated from the Greek. The actual Greek word is actually here is now, and it makes sense because... Of all these things he just said, verse 15, 16, 17, 18, now because of that, my God shall supply. That Greek word there is play role. That's the word to cram. My God shall cram your net full. In Luke chapter five, Jesus came to Peter. Peter had a boat and some partners and his father and all that. And fishing fleet, and Jesus was trying to teach the people on, on the side of the shore. People are pressing upon him extremely heavy. And so Jesus needed to get in a place where people can hear him. So he asked Peter if he could borrow his boat. And Peter said, yes. And so Jesus sits in, this, in his boat offshore. And then he speaks to the crowds of people. Some of you have gone with me to Israel. Amen. So you've been on the shore, we're talking about. And he's speaking to these crowds of people. Then when he's done, he turns to Peter and says, as God always does. Because Peter allowed God to use what he had to minister. So he said to Peter, step out now, launch out into the deep, and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. And Peter says to him, he says, well, we just... (laughs) <laughs> been fishing in this spot all, all night, there's nothing here. But just because you said do it, I'll do it. Not an ounce of faith. But he had, praise God, allowed Jesus to use what he had. And so they didn't go very far and they did not let down nets. It said when you let down D net, singular, it said down one net. That net was play <laughs> The net was crammed full till the net began to break. That's this word. He said, now, my God shall cram your net full, all your k- kaira, which is the word need, which means whatever your requirement or business is. How, according to or in the stour manner of his riches or wealth, plutos in glory... By the anointed one, Jesus. The Christ Jesus is the the byline. What did he say? He says, now that you have sown this seed, my God will bust out your nets wherever you require as you listen to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Now, oftentimes where people miss it, is that they plant seed, but they don't understand there's another step. And the other step is, praise God, that now you need to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit to where he wants you to go, to what situation he wants you to go, to what place he wants you in, because everything with God, there is a time, a season, and a place. Okay, Amen. Because giving and receiving is different than any other area. You can get healed without anybody else. But God is not raining money from heaven with a counterfeit deal. In other words, there is people got to come through the hands of a man. Luke 6 38, giving it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shake gun, running over, shall. See? So that means then that God's got to get a man, one man, you understand. God has to get a person somewhere to obey him where you are concerned, which is also why it's vitally important about you obeying. Amen. Because somebody might be waiting on you. Yeah. And you reap what you sow. So if you're slow or no, then the Holy Spirit will go to you first with, first with someone who's also slow or no. or No. If you're quick to hear and quick, praise God, do what God says, let me tell you what the first person the Holy Spirit is going to talk to because it takes a while. See, when it, come, when it comes to this area, and I'm just going to use time or to use the Bennett's here for, for for a minute. So, you know, did, you might do what the Lord said about that thing and come to the bench and say, bless them now with whatever. And they say, huh? No, I need this myself. Now, how, how God works is that he is merciful and long-suffering. Sometimes we don't want him to be long-suffering, and sometimes we don't want him to be merciful. And other times we do want him to be long-suffering. When we mess up, we want him to be long-suffering and merciful. When somebody messes over us, we want, it, we want quick action. Get him now! <laughs> I want the vengeance of God and the wrath of God right now, you know. But see, so, so they don't listen. So, so God will move on to the next person because this was an opportunity for them. They, they didn't realize that. Amen? But it was an opportunity just like it was with Sister Harriet. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Move on to the next person. They might do the same thing. Move on to the next person. See, all this time, time is going by. Now what the believer has to do Amen. They have to operate in Hebrews 6, 12. They got to operate in faith and patience. Right? So they got to go to bed, get up and praise God. I don't see nothing. Go to bed and get up and praise God. Amen. They got to go to bed, get up and praise God. They they don't see anything happening. They think, well, isn't God moving? Yeah, sure he is. But what God is doing, though, he's going right down the line giving people an opportunity. And then he finally gets to someone who will obey him. Amen. Amen? Glory to God. Well, then what happens? Well, then that person receives, and this person's also going to receive glory to God, supernaturally because they allowed the Holy Spirit to speak. Amen? And the only way I p- perhaps may have this happen is that the Holy Spirit has said for me, I want you to go from here to over here. Are you listening to me? Because you have a walk with God every day and you listen to the Holy Spirit, you let him lead and guide you in places. I mean, there's some strange things I've had happen over years. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit may tell you to go to a corner and stand on a corner or go to a room and, and, and be in this elevator. Why am I, why am I in an elevator? What am I doing here for? And he'll have you meet someone. God, amen. Turn out to be an individual, be, you be a great blessing to them, they be a great blessing to you. You have to listen to the spirit of grace, which means there's certain things that I come down towards the end end of the message today. Praise God. Anybody get anything out of this? See, the Holy Spirit requires, he requires that you have a daily session with him. Maybe I get amen on this side. The Holy Spirit requires that you have a daily session with him. You spend some time in the Word and you spend time in prayer and you listen. Amen. Allow, Colossians 3.15, allow the peace of God, the Holy Spirit, to rule, guide you. And he will guide you to the place, the time or who he's got, where he's got, when he's got, and under what circumstances. Amen. But it all starts, first of all, with seed. Everything in life, everything in life, everything in life is about seed time and harvest. Everything in life, you are a result of seed time and harvest. Amen. Amen. You were a seed in your daddy. He planted you into the fertile ground of your mama. Time went by and whoop, here (laughs) y'all. But everything in life is a result of seed time and harvest. Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So there is no way of having harvest without seed plant. And everything you do have, every area of your life, is a result of seed time and harvest, one way or the other. You plant seeds by giving, you plant, plant seeds with actions, you plant seeds with words. Okay, amen. But all of them, I mean, that's how you got married, man. You said, I love you. (laughs) You planted the seed, boy. You got the harvest. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, everything in life is seed, time, and harvest. Once you understand that, that everything in life is seed, time, and harvest, then it becomes instructive for you to always look to the Holy Spirit about All right, where you want me to plant seed? Where you want me to plant seed? Amen. Have the right attitude about seed. We don't teach give to get here. Isn't that right? Right. We don't teach give to get. But we do teach, amen, listen to God and give. No, he said you will receive. It's a big difference between the two. It's talking about motive. Amen. We give out of love. We give out of obedience. We give out of trust. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We don't give as our first motive so that we can get something. But that doesn't invalidate what God said. Uh, Amen. Amen. Praise God. So even though you do have people who will try and take advantage of what God said to their advantage, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater Amen. Amen. You throw out the dirty bath water, kick the baby. <laughs> Amen. So he says. so my God shall supply all. There's that word again. All your requirements according to the Holy Ghost. Even when we had that first miracle as I wrap this up. Satan tried to destroy my church right from the very beginning. Split my church with my assistant pastor just a few months into it. Right when we were in the drive for that first building, we had to come up with $80,000, which back then was like all the tea in China, with this small amount of people. And the building that we went and got, and there's a story about how we got this building the same way. And that that first building that that we got was in a place I would never have chosen. It was an area of town where my people theoretically couldn't get there. Amen. It was in a neighborhood back in in the day when someone with my suntan was in big trouble being in that area. Some of y'all know what I mean by this. Some of y'all don't. You don't know what I'm talking about? Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, amen it's one of them areas raised gun I would never even consider it over there in fact I had a realtor tell me he said there's a perfect building for you over here and I said I'm not going over there there's no public transportation for my people to get there this and I didn't want to say to him some other stuff but you know I said this This said there, there's no way I'm going I'm not even no I'm not even looking at that and he kept at me for months he said I'm telling you it's right Buss. no So I kept looking everywhere, but I couldn't get any peace in here. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit's inside. The peace of God's in here. Hallelujah, somebody. I kept looking for, you know, and I just couldn't seem to find it. So he just kept after me. He just kept after me. Finally, I said, just shut him up. I said, I will go just to shut you up. As soon as I got there, pulled up in the parking lot, the Holy Ghost said, that's the building. And I, trust me, I, and what I was say with my brain was right. Okay, there's no public transportation. Back in those days, my people, the only way to get there was public transportation. There was no public transportation to get there. It was in the wrong place, all that sort of stuff. I, I mean, there's just no way with would just line with your head that you would have made this decision. The Lord said, that's the one. So it was in the middle of the drive for that building that my assistant pastor splits the church. I mean, you know, that's wrong. Oh, he splits the church in the middle of the drive. Oh, I'm fuming, right? It's my first assignment, I'm 24 years old. It's my first assignment, first church, okay? If we don't come up with this money by the date specified, we lose our deposit, which is $25,000. The little storefront we have in our services is, is out, that lease is out that same week so the church has nowhere else to go. Amen. And I'm fuming. So to fast forward the story. So the Lord says to me, he says, I want you to raise an offering for him. <laughs> he said, then I want you to take the offering to him and I want you to hug his neck and tell him you love him. All right. And it popped up my mouth before I thought about it. I said, Lord, you're going too far. <laughs> True story. I didn't just immediately go do it either. I mean, it took me a couple of days, you know, because I'm in strife, you know, because these folk, me and her, are godparents to their children. Whoa, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm fuming. The Lord says, I just want you, what I want you to do. So I received the offer of what's left of my church wouldn't you know it'd be a big offering the people gave? <laughs> so I go over I go over to the building where he is, and when I walk in the door, I see him over there in the corner. And when I see him, my fist involuntarily ball up. <laughs> so then the Holy Ghost says, go on over there and do what I told you to do. So I walk on over there, you know, <laughs> I reached in my jacket pocket, and I take out an envelope with the check, right? And he knows me, and he knows I'm a giver. Wow. So I'm thinking, i give him this check. He go, my brain's going, he's going to take just go, oh, brother. You know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have. He's going to say something, right? I give him that check. He took that check, put it in his pocket, stood and looked at me like that. And I thought, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't just take that check and didn't say <laughs> nothing to me. And the Holy Spirit said, do what I said. Wow. Hug his neck, tell him you love him. So I reached up to hug his neck and I resisted the urge to. Because <laughs> 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 hey, I sure was taking it, man. <laughs> and I said, I love you, brother. I didn't feel no, I didn't feel no peace. I didn't feel no faith. I didn't feel no anointing. I didn't feel nothing. All right, all right. nothing I didn't feel nothing. You know, I walked out the building. Okay. So we get down to the last day, the day of closing on that building I'm telling you about. That morning I'm in the little storefront. I'm doing everything I ever heard Dad Hagan say. I'm rolling in the floor. I'm shouting. I'm dancing. I'm doing I'm doing anything to keep my head from going tilt, because at three o'clock in the afternoon, okay, we gotta have this closing. Phone rings. So back in them days, you know, they had the rotary phones. No kids will know what I'm talking about, what, 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 what are we talking about. So, so I get the rotary phone. Here's this guy. When you got, got a little church, you all know, you shouldn't know everybody in it, right? Here's this guy, here's a, he's a visitor. He's been there about twice as a church visitor. And he says, uh, Pastor, I need to come see you. And I'm thinking, I ain't got no time for no counseling session right now. I mean, I got, I got, I, I'm in the middle of this thing at 10, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But out of love, I said, come on. Then I went back to doing what I was doing. You know, I'm shouting, I'm doing something. praising God. I'm just trying to keep my head from going, kill, total, kill, right? Guy shows up. He comes in, he plops this big black book on my little card table, which was my desk. I'm plops it on there. It's a checkbook. I had never, back in them days, I'd never seen one like that. Big old big thing like that. He opened it up, and he says, I'm the senior partner told me what downtown Detroit law firm he was. We're a law firm of Christians, and the Lord told us to bring you this checkbook and for you to fill in whatever amount you needed. <laughs> but I'm thinking, man, I ain't talking about no 3000 uh, We were $30,000 short. $30,000. 1981. I said, "Man, it's thirty thousand dollars." He said, "He didn't, he didn't blink. Check out and all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to the closing at three o'clock. Now when I came in, walked in there. You know, I walked in there like I do this every day. <laughs> walked in there, man. And see, and the board of this church, because it was a church building." The board of this denominational church, okay. they thought that we weren't going to be able to close the deal. So they had already made another deal with another church. And so they were going to pocket the $25,000 of ours and then turn around and sell the church to somebody else. So when I walked in, they didn't even say hello to me. When I walked in, they said, do you have the money? Wow. I said, of course. God meets all our needs. <laughs> yeah. Conducted the deal. I was so cool, man. I was, I, I was so just cool. I was so cool, like I do this all the time. you know, <laughs> Till we got out in the parking lot. <laughs> Went nuts in the parking lot, you know. Amen, amen. And then the Lord said to me, if you had not done what I told you back then, hmm, you had not planted that seed, then I could not, he said, could not have done this for you today. This building right here. That you're sitting in. When the Lord sent me down here to the Austin Brown Rock area, sent me to Austin. Came down to Austin. I went not here. Way down in Austin looking for a church building. Amen. And we planted seed in advance. So I'm down there looking, I can't seem to find the right building for this church down there in Austin. I'm looking, 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 looking. Can't seem to the right deal on the Holy Ghost now he brought me out here in front of this church and stopped me in front of it the catholic church owned this and they were having mass in here and the lord said this is the building now the lord's used me to do this many times now so now i just do it you so I got up and I came to, to, to find, you know, the head priest, you know, there he is. I'm trying to find the priest, okay. so they, they said, he's in mass. I said, well, I'll wait, okay. So I waited until he, till he finished his mass, and then I sat down with him, and I told him who I am, told him I'm not a crackpot, I'm not crazy, okay. Here's my documentation of who I am. I'm here to take this church. I'm here to buy it. He said, this church is not up for sale. I said, don't matter. The Lord told me this church is our church. Okay. I know he thought I was nuts, right? Okay. So I came back. I kept coming back to see this priest here. I kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. I keep telling him. I kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. and finally, he must have talked to his boss downtown. Because all of a sudden, he came, I came, showed up and he says, yeah, we'll sell you the building. And so they built another one. It's about a mile from here. And they sold us this building that was not up for sale. Upshot of the story is what? It don't matter what you see. It matters what you believe. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand up if you would, please. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands and give God praise and glory for the word, first of all. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.